Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 128, Keeping My Lane Clear. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Deshaun as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, actually. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's a little humid in here, and no airflow, so you know what? It's going to be a sweaty episode, but no one will see that, so it's perfect. <laughs> they can't tell. <laughs> exactly. Imagine you just hear the moisture in my mouth. It's like, yep, Alex is definitely sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a drink of water <laughs> yeah, right beside me but i'm good to go but today is not about my sweatiness it's all about i was gonna try to make a clever pun out of this but no it's all about you Deshaun. and before we jump into the topic of bowling who is Deshaun? Well, I am um, what most people would say is an introvert. You know, I, I go to work, I come home and I spend my time playing video games, listening to music, watching YouTube, things like that. So, you know, kind of a simple person. What are you talking about? There is no such thing as a simple person on my podcast. Every single person is interesting. And you know what? <laughs> You're coming in with really good energy as well. You're laughing at all my horrible jokes, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's a good thing I'm in my book. Happy to be here. <laughs> But today we're going to be talking about your hobby, which is bowling. So how did you get introduced to bowling? So bowling is uh, kind of one of those things that everyone like sort of does, but never really thinks about that much. And so back in high school, my friends and I, we used to um, bowl every Friday. We would go do the midnight bowl, you know, the one where it's like 15 bucks to bowl from like 10 p.m. to 2 in the morning. And so we weren't getting drunk or anything because we were high schoolers and they wouldn't sell us any beer or anything. But we were having a blast with the music, the lights around, the glow lights and all that. That wasn't actually what got me started on bowling. Um, a few years later, I'm, you know, graduated high school. I'm working full time job in a warehouse. And um, this this guy I work with, you know, we were like, you know, how you have your best friends in real life and then your work friends, which, you know, they're still real friends. But it's just when you leave work, you don't really talk to them that much. He was one of those. He was a really good work friend. And um, he's like uh, randomly out of the blue one day. Hey you want to come join my bowling team? <laughs> Dope. And I couldn't understand what about me made him think I wanted to join a bowling league, but I actually really did. He was probably like, you know what? Those ankles. Yeah. Those are bowling ankles. I want you on my team. <laughs> <Those are bowling laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you work at a warehouse, it's, it's manual labor, right? It's a blue collar job. So you can, you can kind of tell who's in like good shape and who maybe needs to hit the gym on their time off a little bit more. <laughs> So maybe that was it because, you know, surprisingly, bowling actually is a really physical sport. Yeah, I could imagine. It could be pretty strangeful as well. You can hurt yourself pretty easily. Oh, yes. And yeah, I used to work in a warehouse as well. And yeah, we we uh, we played baseball with a duct tape ball. I, it wasn't, we weren't allowed to do it, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to try to reveal if you do bowling at work because I don't want to put your career in jeopardy. So we'll skip away from that. And uh so yeah, you do. You, did you buy your own bowling ball the first time you did it? Like you're like, you know what? I want to use one from the bowling alley, or like, or you said, you know what? I want to buy one and have my own right off the bat. Well, that was actually uh, probably the main thing that keeps people from getting into bowling is if you bowl with the house balls, the bowling balls that are already at the alley, you're at a massive disadvantage because it's basically a smooth piece of rock, whereas Actual bowling balls, they have special covering to make it um, roll down the lane better, to make it uh, react better while it's sliding along the oil. They have blocks in the core that are not symmetrical shapes, so that the bowling ball tends to go in a certain direction, as in it makes it hook towards the pins the way you want to, depending on how you throw it. So when I started, I was trying to use um, Charlie, my coworker, I was trying to use his bowling balls, but his hands are smaller than mine, so I actually couldn't get my head in the bowling ball properly and I ended up having to use this weird awkward technique where I was mostly just palming the ball around where the finger holes were it sucked so eventually I broke down I said you know what I'm in a league I'm going to be bowling for at least the next six months I could afford to spend um, some money on it so they, there's a deal and most pro shops where you go buy bowling balls are in the bowling alleys and they have a deal where you know, for like 150 bucks, you'll get a ball, a bag, and some shoes. Some something to kind of lower that like financial hurdle of starting to get into bowling, because like you know, other sports, all you really do is you buy a ball. It's like 20 bucks at you know Walmart or Dicks or whatever or Modelo's, and boom, you're good to go. Bowling, the last bowling ball I bought was about 200 bucks. The shoes I 
bought most recently was just shy of 200. So it's like it that's asking a lot for someone that doesn't know how much of their life they want to commit to this. I took the leap because I was like, I'm in a league, 150 bucks for the next six months. That's a worthwhile investment for me, but maybe for other people, not so much. But for me, I did buy my own bowling ball. I fell in love with bowling. And at one point, I owned eight different bowling balls. So you still own those eight or some of them? I don't know if they broke, you lost. I don't know. if Can you lose a bowling ball down? (laughs) I don't know what happened to the other ones if you don't have them anymore. I've had bowling balls get destroyed by equipment. Very upsetting experience. Actually, probably the funniest one that I lost. And the only reason I find it funny was because they paid to buy me a, a brand new replacement was I was at a tournament. Um, we were bowling. A, I was bowling a doubles tournament with my father, and this is warm up. We hadn't even started actually competing. Like none of these shots mattered, and my bowling ball falls off in the gutter. Except the gutter apparently was rubber or something because it fell off right at the end, and my ball shot straight up. What? And it hit the metal arm of so you know you know the part that sweeps the pins off the deck. Mm-hmm. There's a little hinge there, and when it's retracted, that hinge is kind of like a point. My ball shoots straight up and hits this pin and it gets split in half. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> it was horrible. I was so mad at the moment. Like, you know, they, they were like, all right, well, you know, we'll pay to replace it. They um had it shipped down to that bowling alley. I just had to go pick it up and everything was kind of cool. But it was like I was throwing that ball because that's what I wanted to compete with for the day. That was the ball that I was, that I was like I felt was going to do the best for me. So. That would hurt. I've had other balls, you know, kind of get damaged. Probably the balls I lost most when I took a break from bowling. I didn't bowl for like you know, months here and there because, you know, things happen in life and, you know, my schedule was changing. I couldn't commit to being somewhere at the same time, the same day every week. And, um, you know, paying for bowling leagues, that can kind of be a bit much too. like bowling leagues and tournaments. There's, a, there's like fees to enter. You got to pay into the prize fund and all that. So I wasn't bowling. And I left my bowling balls in the closet. And mind you, I hadn't been at this very long, so I didn't know these things. But I left them in the closet by the front door from winter to summer, back to winter, back to summer. And I come back and I realize there's cracks in my bowling ball. They split open. I later learned um, that, one, you probably don't want to leave your equipment in shifting temperatures. Like by the front door, it was filling the winter and the summer. And when you cool something and heat it back up it's going to crack like a rock. It's going to crack. And then the other problem was I just had it sitting on the ground. It wasn't on, um, it wasn't in my bag where they have like a cupped stand or whatever, which basically distributes the weight of the ball. So there was all the weight was sitting on a single point, which 15 pounds doesn't sound like much until you have to throw it as a bowling ball. Then you're like, Oh, this actually, this is a little bit of weight. So you put all that weight on a single point, it's going through the temperature changes they cracked, so I've lost two or three bowling balls like that. But I didn't pay for all of them, fortunately. I have a friend who's got a collection problem, like an addiction. So he actually gave me a couple bowling balls because he was trying to get rid of some. Well, that's pretty cool. That's the connections right there. Yes. And actually, it was my friend Charlie that got me started in the first place. Charlie was a good influence, I guess. <laughs> yes, he was. He, You know, I learned a lot from him. He, he's taught me not just how to bowl, but like where to like find places to bowl, compete, you know, how to, you know, get in the leagues and stuff like that. So we went from being work friends to just friend friends. And did you, are you guys competitive against each other when you bowl? Absolutely. (laughs) Oh yes. The most important part of bowling is being competitive. Like if I'm not trying to beat every single person that I like on my lane, then I don't know why I'm there. (laughs) All right. Now here's a really tough question then, because you mentioned that you go bowling with your father as well. So are you competitive with your father or your mother types like, all right, I'll let my dad win this time. Or your dad's like, you know what? I'll let my son win just to make him feel good. (laughs) To be honest, me and him, we both go out in the lane and try to shoot the highest score possible. Unfortunately, because my father, who I didn't know this until I after I started bowling, he was a pro. He was on the pro-am circuit, the professional amateur circuit, and he bowled against PBA players. He's bowled in tournaments. He's shot perfect games he is a very good bowler like if he had wanted to you know if he didn't have kids and a wife and the idea of traveling around the country and the world was not feasible for him in his life situation he could have been a professional so when it comes down to it there's not much competition between us because he's gonna win have you ever beat him at least once and you're like you know what 
I'll take this victory. It's mine. <laughs> oh, yes. I, be, I beat him in uh, many games. In, in the bowling world, um, games are done in three-game sets. And I've yet to outshoot him in a series. And do you ever, I know this is weird, but do you ever trash talk? Like friendly trash talk with your father? <laughs> uh, not with my father. That's just not the kind of person he is. With uh, the other people I bowl with, like the guys that are closer to my age, like my best friend, Charlie, and then another guy that we all bowl with, Dwight, who's another friend. Um, I'll trash talk with them. Absolutely. We're, we're going back and forth. <laughs> um, I remember one time we were, <laughs> we were, this is like the last time I bowled in the league, which was sadly uh, about a year ago. But um, I brought my girlfriend because she lived kind of close to the bowling alley and I was at her house anyway. So I was like, hey, do you want to come hang out with us? You can watch, blah, blah, blah. So I brought her and um, she's not a bowler. She doesn't know that much about bowling. You know, she's like she's like your general, like casual person. Like, you know, they've been they like it. They don't do it that much. And so she goes out there. She's watching the three of us bowl who are like we're just like throwing strike after strike. And everyone's making fun of me because I'm the only one not throwing strikes. Mind you, my score was still pretty high. Like, I was still above 200. Oh. But they're just sitting here making fun of me. And she's like, she's like, God, she's like, she's like, man, why are, like, why are they saying all these mean things? I was like, it's because I suck. <laughs> it's part of the culture. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just like, if you're not stringing strikes, then we're talking trash about you. Actually, speaking of which, have you ever done a perfect 300? No. The closest I've come is a 290, which means I'm, I threw 11 out of 12 strikes in a row. And so in this case, my first shot was what wasn't the strike. So I didn't have any hopes and dreams of getting a 300. It's worse when the last shot isn't, isn't a strike. And then you're like, Two, not, are you kidding me, dude? Literally one fall away. But um, no, I already knew I was going to get a 300. I did not know I was about to get a 290. But um, actually, the USBC sent me a, a little trophy in recognition of a, a 290 game. You know, like, congratulations. You are almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? 290 is really impressive. It's not like it's not a small feat. It's a huge accomplishment to reach that high. Yeah, I was so happy that day. <laughs> actually, I'm doing all these weird segues, but... Are you superstitious? In other words, like, is there a specific movement you have to do or like three steps or like you have to hold the ball in a specific position or kiss the ball or anything like that to get you in the zone? Yes, actually. And I don't think it's a superstition thing, although, you know, it might come off a little superstitious, but it's like a muscle memory thing. If I do something weird, my body like forgets how to throw the ball. <laughs> so every shot, uh, I take five steps. This more than a lot of people, um, less than a couple. I take five steps. I also never pick up the ball with the hand I'm throwing it with. So I always pick the ball up with my left hand. It's just a little tidbit that my dad told me, and he knows these things because he's been through tournaments where he's had to bowl like 40 games in one day, which is exhausting. So I pick it up with my off hand because my throwing hand won't get as tired. And so I always take five steps. My first step is always with the left foot, and I always hold the ball like pretty low by my right by the right side of my hip. So as long as I do those things, my shot will probably go pretty well. And is this something that you've learned along the way or are you like you develop this technique? Sorry, that's the same question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, either way, it's right. That's exactly how it was like before I used to take six steps and it was just like I'm six feet tall. So six steps is a lot to squeeze in <laughs> on like the bowling approach. And so this guy who is a better bowler than me, he talked me into taking less. He said, just just take it down one step. Take it down another step. See how you feel like you like, like you know, like slow yourself down. Like all like the more steps you take, um, he was explaining to me is the more chances you have to make a mistake for like your foot to come down wrong or something. You know, it's bowling is a lot of very, very tiny things that you try and optimize for that one perfect result. And so it, it's something that I developed. I've, I've gotten input from other people. I've seen other people that bowl similar to me, but they're better than me. So I try and say, all right, why is he better? He's doing what I like to do. So, you know, it's like you, you kind of put them together into your own personal style. And speaking of style, what is your preferred throwing style? Like how do you release the ball? And how do you hold it in your whole throwing motion? Are you left-handed, right-handed or anything like that? I'm naturally left-handed, but I bowl right-handed. Because I'm left-handed, in a right-handed world, you kind of learn things from right-handed people. You know, not because it's being forced on you. It's just when you observe other people doing something you want to do, 
98% chance they're right-handed. So I do bowl right-handed. And um, there's three main styles of bowling. There's the cranker, where you see the people throw it super fast, and they whip it way out towards the gutter, and the ball just snaps back at the last second and gets a strike. A really fun style, but it's kind of volatile because you're covering so much of the lane. Then there's a stroker style where it's like sort of it goes straight down and then it kind of eases on towards the pins. Much more consistent, um, but sometimes it won't suffice depending on like the the oil pattern that you're dealing with. And then there's my style, which is the tweener, where you're kind of throwing closer to a cranker style, but your ball isn't going that fast and it's not hooking that hard. So that's sort of where mine is like tweener sometimes they'll call it a power stroker something like that so it's like uh you can like think of me as a cranker with less aggression or something like that less aggression but more passion (laughs) (laughs) yeah more passion and how often do you go bowling um well once upon a time i went three times a week i would practice two days and then there was my bowling league and then every three weeks i would bowl in a tournament with a um, friend uh, these days, I haven't been bowling, not because of the pandemic. I haven't been bowling for a long time. It wasn't because of the pandemic. It was my own life. Before bowling alleys had to get shut down. I hadn't been able to bowl. I was uh, working a job where it was my hours were 3 p.m. till 1, 2, 3 in the morning. And so um, that was when bowling leagues are. There's no bowling leagues at like 6 a.m. Like for me to squeeze in before I go to bed or anything like that. So I just, I just literally couldn't go. And then uh, my days off were not on days with good leagues. And anyways, I was just so tired. I was like, I don't feel like throwing a weight around for two hours. So um, I hadn't bowled for a very long time. I've changed jobs since. Um, it's still a warehouse job, but it's much easier. Um, I'm not working at nights. So I'm working in the morning. And I'm not working 12 hours a night either. It's like, you know, eight, seven hours, sometimes six. So I could absolutely bowl if the bowling alleys were open now. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but let's say when you're at home, do you ever try to do a little uh, improvised bowling alley if you have the hallway to do so and just play a little mini bowling game? Um, no, <laughs> I've, I've been seeing people like, you know, like in like those little bowling groups or whatever, people post videos of them playing Wii bowling or they have like the little mini thing with the little plastic ball. They like you would probably buy for your kid, but they probably took it from their kid to have fun with or something. <laughs> or maybe they're playing with their kids. I don't know. But um, I don't have anything like that. And um, I don't know. It's just it's just not quite the same, you know, like it's. Like, ah, uh, it's, it's not going to satisfy my craving. I think, if anything, it would just remind me more that I'm really missing bowling. So I'd like, like, eh, like I have I have my computer. There's other things I can do on it for now. It's like if you're cheating on bowling with the fake, fake bowling. You're like, no, I can't. <laughs> with the fake bowling, yeah. <laughs> you're not as good as the original. <laughs> the off-brand bowling. <laughs> yeah, foaling. Oh, yeah, fake bowling, foaling. <laughs> bowling. Uh, so uh, for you, do you prefer to bowl alone or in a team? Like, wh- which one do you feel like you perform better in? That's actually a kind of a weird question because, you know, even on a team, when you bowl, it always comes down to it's just you in the lane. You know, whether you're doing it as like part of a five man or a trio, um, it always just comes down to you, your lane and the shot. So, um, you know, even in a team, it sort of feels like I'm just kind of bowling alone. But I think I prefer to bowl with friends, like not even with friends, just with people in general, because people in bowling are generally pretty nice people. Um, so I haven't ever, you know, been around people where I was just like, God, I just don't want to bowl with them again. Like I've never had that happen. You know, I've only bowled for what, three or four years, something like that. Um, including all the breaks that I've taken. I, I definitely prefer to bowl with people like singles. I've, I have yet to bowl in a singles league. I've bowled in a singles tournament, but I went there with friends anyway. <laughs> so, um, it's just, I don't know, something about the camaraderie, the people, actually the trash talking is very, very motivating. Like nothing gets you locked in faster than someone telling you that you're about to miss. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, when I play soccer with my friends, when the things were open, we would trash talk each other while we're playing as a team. And the other team's like, what? <laughs> wait, wait, no, that's our job. We're supposed to trash. No, we, hey, stop. No, you guys are friends. We're just yelling at each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what are we supposed to do now? Yeah, you took away our fire, our flame. Uh, good job. <laughs> 
But uh, when I meant like when I said uh, prefer bowling alone or a team, I guess I can rephrase that question to if you play in a team, do you feel there's more pressure? Let's say one of your teammates is lacking and you have to like pick up and try to get more pins down. I actually don't think so. I feel like and this might be a factor of bowling with people that are generally better than me. I've never really felt pressure to pick up someone else's slack, even when, you know, our best bowler, he's having a bad game. His bad games are still very good. <laughs> like it, things are very relative for him. <laughs> like his bad games is he missed one pin at some point during the entire game. Like he almost always bowls clean games. So it's just like even when our best bowler is doing bad, he's still doing pretty well. So I don't feel like God, I have to be amazing now. One thing I do enjoy is in a team setting, um, I enjoy being the anchor where you're the last person to get up and throw the last shots of the match. I I don't know what it is, but for some reason, I really enjoy that position. Like when you're the leadoff bowler, it's all right. You're setting the tempo. Um, if you set it a little slow, it's fine. We'll pick it up, you know, we'll get things going. But like when you're closing, this is it. And if there's like there's pins you have to make up, if there's like a deficit you have to overcome, it's just so much more pressure. Like there have been times where I've stepped up and hitting nine and a spare was not going to win us the game. And I've been like, all right, let's do it. Let's get it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think I think uh, being an anchor in a team is probably more pressure than bowling alone. But bowling in a team in general, I feel less pressure. And, you know, it's the camaraderie, like the, the friendship aspect. That's what makes it. More enjoyable. I completely agree. Yes, it's a very slow game. There's a lot of time to talk. So when those times when you're in the zone, I, I'm sure you're not talking as you're bowling. Like you're not throwing the ball like, yeah, Jim, let's go for pizza after. Boom, strike. I'm sure you're focused. Do you, I don't know if it's allowed, but do you listen to music? Like earbuds, like you have this song that you just love to listen to and just gets you in the zone. Um. Well, first of all, it's absolutely allowed to listen to music. I've never done it. Simply because um, when I was bowling, earbuds, I hadn't found a good pair of earbuds that would stay in my ear while I was moving. I just, I, for a long time, I didn't like earbuds until I found a certain pair of Bose earbuds that were really solid. But um, I have yet to listen to music while I bowl. I really want to, though, like put on my workout playlist or something like that. And like, even just for practice, I feel like it might possibly distract me while I'm bowling um, in a competitive setting, like for a league or a tournament. Because I don't know, so I, I like I like to um, sit down and sort of brood on my shot, brood on my line, think about like what I'm aiming at and things like that. And I don't know if the music would distract me or focus me more. I don't know why, but for an odd, odd second, I was just picturing your friend singing the song, like as a Barbara Cortez. <laughs> 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 they have the hat and the stripes that and everything. <laughs> You got it, you got it, you got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for you, what would you say is the best part about bowling on a personal and an emotional level? I don't know. I think it's very therapeutic, you know? Like, imagine you have, like, a really bad day. You come home. There's nothing waiting for you in the mail but more bills. So you go to the bowling alley and you just, like, throw a weight around as hard as you can for, like, an hour. It's just like, ah, I feel so much better. Like, bowling is very therapeutic. And I really... Like as as much as I've played team sports like basketball, football, and bowling, even itself can be a team setting. Um, something about the fact that like nobody really affects me. Like people are affecting the conditions of the lane, like the oil that's set down on the lane as people throw their balls. That can affect things, but it's like you know, no one's like physically affecting you while you're bowling. So it's just like it really comes down to. No matter what happens, I can fix it because I'm the only problem here. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't know, something is like very therapeutic and very empowering to sit there and just think, this is all me. Like, if, if this doesn't go well, it's all me. If it does go well, it's all me. <laughs> Period. It's just all me all the time. I, but I get it. It's that moment of like serenity. It's that moment you're just in peace. You hear the ball rolling and, and it's just you and the pins. Uh, the sound, the sound of bowling is just so nice. Honestly, it's you know what I have it in my head right now. I like I haven't bowled in a long time. But you can just hear. I can't reproduce the sound with my mouth, but I can hear it in my head clearly. Right, absolutely. This is a really odd question, but what is the most interesting bowling ball you have ever seen? Oh, there's so many cool bowling balls. I think my favorite one, and this is the least interesting bowling ball ever, <laughs> but um, it's the Hammer Black Widow. And per its name, it's just jet black with a spider on the front of it. I love that ball. 
But um, probably the most interesting ball I've seen, there's a PBA bowler. He's Australian by the name um, Jason Belmonte. Everyone calls him Belmo. And he bowls with two hands. It's like uh, it's a, he was like one of the first two really popular people to do that new style. Now you, you'll kind of see it all the time. But back then it was considered, you know, sloppy. Like you can't be as precise, this, that, and the other thing. He proved all that wrong. He was like one of the best bowlers in the world for years and years now. He still is. And um, he had a special edition spare ball. It's a plastic ball where most most bowling balls are reactive, meaning when you throw them down the lane, they will actually react to the oil and they'll hook hard. Well, sometimes you want the ball to just go straight no matter what you do. And so they have plastic balls for that. And so Jason Belmonte had a special edition ball that was all clear with like white on the inside and you know how they have the jordan jump man on the nikes Mm -hmm. it was like his jordan jump man of him on the side of the ball holding it in both hands that ball is so cool i loved having that ball and unfortunately that was one of the balls i had destroyed by um a bowling alley equipment that you know it's like it wasn't maintained poorly my ball got stuck in um it was damaged and because it was limited edition i couldn't get it again well, hopefully somebody listening to this right now will be like, you know what? I want to donate my ball to Deshaun. You wouldn't say no, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. If it was the Jason <laughs> Belmonte spare ball, I don't even use spare balls anymore. I would be so ecstatic to have one of those. That ball is awesome. And if you had the choice or the chance to make your own design, what would you put on your own ball? What would I put on my own ball? That's interesting. You know what I really like? <laughs> this, is, this, this might be weird to try and like kind of imagine, but um, I would like to have like a, a onk with an afro at the top at the um arching part of it that sort of looks like it's like you like i want it to look where you can't tell if it's like tree leaves like the top of a tree or afro like someone's hair like i've had i've had that kind of like brand image in my mind for a while and at some point i'm going to start a business with that brand image but if i had if i designed a bowling ball and i became like a famous pro bowler and people are like oh man i want to get the deshaun edition bowling ball that's what my ball would have on it, and it would be jet black like the Black Widow. That would not, that looks dope. That would look so cool. I'd I'd love to see that. If you ever do open it, you give me that link to that website where you design your bowling balls, and I'll share it on this podcast. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. The first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come back looking for our conversation on Skype. Like, hang on, hang on. You're just gonna get a link out of the blue one day. <laughs> it's like I expected it. Yes, <laughs> I've been waiting. Yes, I've just been waiting. I've been doing nothing else. Not raising my child, just waiting for the bowling ball. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? If I were to make a bowling ball, it sounds ridiculous. And I'm sure many people have done this before, but I put my face, but like with fear, as like, just like, you like my mouth open and like, I'm scared. And when like (laughs) it rolls down and hits the pins, you just see a face hitting it. Probably not because you can broken. imagine like <laughs> you can imagine like how the PBA has like the camera right by the pins. You see like your terrified face right <laughs> as you slam it to the pin. And then there's a slow motion camera just to see you like uh, it has like a little whistle <laughs> in it or a sound effect that you just hear ah, going through. Th- <laughs> that would be hilarious. I bet that the announcers would have a good time with that one. Mm, yes, Alex's face hits all the pins. Yes, mm, that's a solid face right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid face. That's why they fell down. It was the face. <laughs> it's all in the eyes. Eyes on the prize. Oh, these are whole, all horrible puns. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so back to the actual bowling aspect. What was your biggest challenge when you first started? Honestly, it's control. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, man, I can never throw the ball that fast or that hard. No, that's the easy part. Control in bowling is actually very difficult because it's like, you know, when you like, uh, it's like you lift a, a heavy weight behind you, the most natural thing is to just like let it go like you just like you just like stop controlling it but that's the most important part is coming out of your backswing with like control and accuracy otherwise your ball is going to do some crazy things and you may or may not have noticed what crazy things caused that so for me a lot of it was control i'm also um you know coming from a basketball football background of more kind of throwing your body around being like aggressive energetic and like the harder or faster you could go, usually the better the result would be. It's not quite like that in bowling. Everything has to be measured and everything has to be repeated. Like you have to do the exact same thing perfectly as many times in a row as possible. For me, a lot of it was control. Like I was saying earlier where I was taking six steps and I was like chucking the ball as hard as I could and things like that. It's like bringing it down to five steps, slowing those steps down themselves, uh, all that things. It's like 
it was like getting myself under control and understanding that it was precision, not force, not effort. Because for me, it was always about hustling, right? How much effort could I put into the game? That would always make the result of the game better. And for me, it was like, how much precision could I put into the game? Like, how exactly could I do the same thing over and over? And so is that, and then it's like, generally speaking, bowling is one of those things that's unnatural to the human body, where like tennis, our bodies are designed to move side to side or designed to like swing rackets like that, where like even baseball, even though it's a little weird, it's, it's also kind of natural. Basketball is very natural. Um, bowling is weird. Standing on one foot and chucking a weight with like, like that's suspended on your like wrist, like a lot of bowling comes from your wrist and what you're able to do with your wrist and uh that can kind of start to hurt i like a lot of people are like oh my wrist hurts I'm like yeah i understand i feel your pain i like it, it's like nobody builds muscles in their wrists nobody like has wrist endurance but it's like actually a thing in bowling um like when like when you're holding the bowling ball my wrist is cupped which means the weight is on my wrist not so much my elbow or my forearm or my bicep where my big muscles are it's a lot of it's on my wrist and when i release the ball a lot of it is a lot of that torque is applied by my wrist so it's a very unnatural thing and it's like something that weirdly enough like even a bodybuilder probably doesn't have the stamina to bowl like i do like you know he he benches 300 pounds and i'm not ever gonna hit that <laughs> even if i tried but like bowling is just like it's, it's using small muscles that you can only really develop through bowling <laughs> and i would imagine after a hard day of bowling you would like rest the wrist by like putting some cold compressions on it or massaging it like what's your best way to treat a swollen wrist if that's a thing not swollen so much <laughs> but um and i don't know how true this is for other people uh because i fractured my wrist in playing football so i have a screw in it and um there's a scar on it and everything so because of that i use a brace because uh, a lot of the muscle mass that should be there isn't it's scar tissue now and so i wear a brace and i've been known to put icy hot on my wrist while bowling like i actually keep it in my bowling bag so that was that was usually my thing um later for a birthday present i received a aromatherapy wrap that has like herbs uh things like lavender in it to like smell good and stuff to like relax the muscles and so i could put it in the freezer or i could put it in the microwave and i always like to put it in the microwave like i liked the heat so it was icy hot, uh, hot compression, and that was about it. I've never really like, I've never really felt like extreme pain or discomfort from it, even with having that uh, old injury that I'm basically aggravating by bowling. But um, so I figure for people, for like most people, it's probably even to a lesser degree. You know, a little icy hot, worst case scenario, is probably fine. You know what? When you said icy hot, all I could picture is like, you know what? That's what they call them on the. When he's playing, he's like, oh my God, Icy Hot, Icy Hot is coming down. <laughs> okay, I got it. Work. So actually on that note, do you have a nickname for yourself or does somebody give you a nickname? Like that is the Hot Ice or Icy, ice, I was going to say Icy Hot, Icy Hot. Icy hot. <laughs> no one's ever really given me a nickname related to bowling or for bowling. But um, when doing like casual bowling, I put like nicknames in the uh, – on the scoreboard like i've put uh dash i've put um blazing up there i put like you know random things up there sometimes but never never really like a nickname that i always carry with me everywhere i go when i bowl or anything like that i could also just imagine if you want to really troll with your friends you put their phone number up there so everybody else can see <laughs> and that will throw them off completely because they'll be worried about somebody taking their phone number <laughs> You're like, like, so it's like, what's that? I'm just going to call this. <laughs> Unfortunately, the scoreboards, they actually don't really show that much of the name. So you usually <laughs> only get like the first, like first two or three initials are like letters. So they would get the area code. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Until like we get the wider screens. But no, you know what? That's not going to happen. But so they, they knew that somebody was going to troll like Alex would put in his best friend's phone number just to troll him. <laughs> And on a completely different topic, have you ever tried challenges? So let's say you put a little object in the middle of the laneway and try to curve the ball around it or something like that. No, nothing seriously like that. Like I've done, um, you know, everyone's bowled between the legs at some point or behind their back. I've done stuff like that before. I bowled uh, left-handed, which actually isn't saying much because that's like my natural inclination. I actually even had a bowling ball 
drilled for my left hand because it's, it actually has to be different for your other hand. So I've done stuff like that. Like our friends and I, we've done, all right, everybody ball with your weak hand. Or we, uh, I think the probably the most fun thing we did was we set up the system where we put all our bowling balls that we could fit on there because between like three or four of us, there's not enough room. But we'll all just put a bunch of bowling balls up there and you have to grab a ball from a certain spot. So as we're going through bowling, we're grabbing each other's bowling balls and they're like moving around. So like, it's, it's like you never get your bowling ball. And if you do, you're so happy. You're like, oh man, I'm about to strike. Y'all are in trouble. But like, I'm getting like Charlie's ball. Like God, I was like, oh my God, my hand doesn't even fit in this. Or like Dwight's bowling ball where his hand's bigger. So like my fingers don't fit, but the thumb is too wide. It's like, it's like crazy. And then like some of the bowling balls, I haven't seen them used. So I don't even know how the bowling ball is going to act like, one time he put a plastic ball up there and I throw it like it was about to hook and I was just so mad. <laughs> so probably that was the most fun challenge just having to use random bowling ball. And I bet you the trash talking came into play like, oh, Charlie, your bowling ball always curves to the right. It's a broken ball. Like, you know why you should return it? Why did you even buy it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, see, Charlie, this is why you need to stop buying bowling balls. <laughs> you really can't pick them. <laughs> But it's all fun and games, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> and so what is your current biggest challenge? My current biggest challenge with bowling now and probably always will be spare shooting. It's always it, the easiest part of bowling, you see, is getting strikes. It's always um, it's always a spare shot. That's always that's the most important uh, part of the game. It's like they say championships are won by defense. Well, we say uh, spares win money is, um, you know, you, you either strike or you don't. Um, if you don't strike, then it just means you got to make an adjustment. As long as you threw the ball right, then you know what adjustment you got to make. So it's like next shot, eh, it'll be a strike next time. But right now, I have to deal with this pin. And it's usually like once you get into the competitive um, world, it's whoever misses a spare, if ever, that loses the game. It's like you really cannot afford to miss a spare. And so for everyone, it's always the seven or the 10 pin that's the hardest because the corner pin, there's no space on the other side of it. So if you go too wide, your ball's falling in the gutter and that hurts. <laughs> even though, even though it's like if it falls in the gutter or it goes to the other side down the middle, you know, you lose the same amount of pins. But something about falling in the ball in the gutter is just so psychologically damaging. <laughs> but um, so for left, so for left handed people, it's a seven pin. It's on the left side of the uh, lane for right handed people. It's the 10 pin. And so that's always the one that we hate. It's like it's always the most. It's always the, like the pin where there's the most drama in my life. And so it's always going to be spare shooting because it's always going to be the most important part of the game. I'm sure this is this is like the probably the hardest shot, but I don't know what the technical term is. But when it's uh, the two pins, one on one side and one at the other side, have you encountered that? And do you find that challenging? Uh, seven ten split. I've encountered several times. Sometimes on perfect shots because life just sucks that way. And I've never been able to hit it. It's it's basically impossible. The only way to really pick it up is to be very strong and lucky. I've seen people do it before where they just threw the ball like 50 miles an hour at the pin and slammed it so hard it just happened to come across. Like I've seen people hit it, bounce the pin across, and it still missed. And I was like, man, I feel so bad for you because you deserve that. Like, wow. <laughs> but um, I'm not yet to pick it up. I picked up one that's very close. It's a split called the Greek Church. There's three on one side and two on the other. I have hit that because um, there's there's room on the side of the three pins where you can slide it across the lane. I picked it up and I felt amazing. <laughs> Everybody was sitting like you hear people cheering like, wow, <laughs> like that was amazing. But um, that uh, the seven ten split, I have never picked it up. Sometimes people call it the goal pulse. And so if you if you miss both of them and you throw it right down in the middle, that's a field goal. You don't want that. That's what I would get. That's definitely what I, I would no, Actually, I wouldn't even get that. I'd get the gutter ball. Absolutely. I'd be too scared. I'd throw it into the other lane. <laughs> and uh, this is probably the toughest question, but what are some misconceptions about people who do bowling? Oh, wow. Misconceptions about people that bowl. I think probably the most common argument I see is if bowling is even really a sport. Because there's no running, um, you're not like physically impeding or competing with other people. It's not a contact sport or a collision sport like in the case of football and rugby. You know, they, like I've seen people try and debate that whether or not um, bowling is a sport or it's more like, I don't know, playing cards or something like that, like poker. Or it's like, oh, it's just a hobby, you know. But um, bowling actually, like I said, if it came down to me and a bodybuilder 
seeing who could bowl for the longest before their wrist and arm gave out, I would win because it's obviously something that I've been developing. It's not a matter of like pure strength, but it's a matter of having the right strength. And so um, it, there's actually very big physical aspect to it that's kind of unseen because it's such it's such fine details. Things like where you're stepping, a lot of things that are like people are doing with their hand and their wrist when they throw the ball, where to someone that's probably that's like not an expert in it, it'll look like they threw the ball the same exact same way twice and something very very different will happen like it'll be such a drastic change and there's a big physical aspect to it that people think isn't there and you and it's funny because you can see it a lot of the time if you like when you go to the bowling alley on like those those um rock and bowl nights on like friday saturday for like 15 dollars, they got the music going you know all the pop songs and uh the lights are going people are drinking you have a good time um, you'll see like you'll see like guys, they'll get light bowling balls and they'll chuck them as hard as they can at the pins. And it's always amusing to me to watch the ball hit the pins and bounce off because it doesn't weigh enough. Oh no. <laughs> like they're like they're using the balls that are like designed for kids and like if I throw this hard enough, uh, you know, it's gonna crush the pins. No, this is actually <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> like if you did that with a heavy bowling ball, absolutely you would destroy the pins. You'd look like a star. But um, yeah, so it's like that's one of the things um, I think people don't understand. It's like speed and power have very little to do with success in bowling. And um, strength may not be the biggest factor in bowling, but um, physical conditioning, physical stamina. I don't know the best way to explain it, but it's like how well you can control your body so that you can repeat shots. Because I've had days where I went up, I threw a shot. It went well. I went up again. I threw the same shot and it didn't go well. And it's like, all right, what did I like? I messed something up. I threw it too slow. I threw it too fast. Did I did I miss my like? You know, it's like it's like the tiniest thing where um, you can even just adjust adjust your shot like from one hour to the next and stand in the same spot and all of a sudden you'll just start striking like crazy. And it's just like it's such a small, stupid thing. Like it just looks so insignificant that it, like the more you know, the more it actually kind of seems annoying. It's like God, I'm like this one tiny thing, and like my terrible game could have been amazing if I did it sooner. Like ah, well, you you know what it is, and I think this applies for pretty much every sport. Bowling and any other sport are pretty easy to pick up, but very hard to master. Thus, making it a really competitive sport, and it can has a casual side and a competitive side, like every sport. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And I think probably one of the bigger misconceptions is that bowling is a cerebral sport. It's a very is most of the game takes place in your head, and like, and I don't say cerebral meaning you have to be smart to be a good bowler, but so much as it's, um, I just mean that it's most of what's going to determine your success or failure is going to be in your brain. It's going to be in your mind. It's going to be what what check like what what you remember to check off on your list as you're walking up the uh, approach. Not so much as how much time did you put in the gym, you know, like with another sport. And this comes with practice. The more you do it, the more you learn. So on that note, what has bowling taught you in life? What has bowling taught you in life? It's um probably the biggest lesson. And it might sound a little like obvious or silly, but it's like consistency is key. You, if, if, you, if you're doing something different, every time you throw the ball, you don't know what to fix. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like all right, I, you know, I kind of did this thing and I kind of did that thing. And so like now I'm not striking and I don't know what I need to fix because I can't get myself right. And I think that actually is applicable in life if you apply the analogy properly. You know, um, like one thing for me has been um, language learning, learning other languages, um, Spanish, Swahili. A friend in Mexico that I speak Spanish with is uh, she's talking to me about Italian now. Language learning uh, is very, very much about consistency. And it's like consistency on those days where you feel like you didn't learn a single thing, where it's like like there's a point where like once you get past the beginning stages, it's like being in the gym, you know, like you go to the gym for a few days, it's like, ah, oh, I feel so strong. Like you can see the progress, like your body is changing immediately. And then you hit that plateau in the middle from beginner to advanced so you're like right at that intermediate plateau where it feels like every day you're working your butt off and nothing is happening and you start questioning if it's worth it you start questioning how effective am i really utilizing my time here like am i doing something wrong is this my limit like is this as far as i can go in the gym and language learning and like so many other things like starting a business you know working like 
being self-employed, things like that. It's like, oh, I got, I got past that first like exciting honeymoon phase at the beginning. Now I'm at the intermediate phase where it feels like a slog. Like I feel like I'm trying to like tread water in a swamp or something. Like I feel like I'm just walking through sand and it's like, you have to be consistent. You have like, n- like you're not gonna be able to fix anything. You're not gonna be able to like better yourself or learn more unless you stay consistent with the fundamentals. And it's all about baby steps. You gotta take uh, little steps, like what you do. Little, little steps, five steps. Is that <laughs> little it? Little baby steps. <laughs> yeah, five baby steps. Five baby steps and then you'll, you'll get the hang of it. It's consistency and knowing that you're not gonna be perfect right off the bat. You're, you're gonna get a lot of gutter balls. Well, all I get is gutter balls. That's all I get. But if I keep doing it, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get one. <laughs> and it's okay if the baby steps are also slow baby step you don't have to move fast just keep moving yeah you don't have to throw the ball at your full force (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is sparta i just chuck it do like a (laughs) shot put throw don't do that don't do a shot put throw God, please, they're going to destroy the lane and your ball. Yep. People are going to be mad. And uh, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Yes, absolutely. There's so much information in the world now in general because of internet and smartphones. But um, absolutely, the PBA has a YouTube channel where they will actually have pros break down specific parts of the game. Your um, approach, your swing, how to pick a bowling ball, what the different bowling balls do, how to deal with the oil on the lanes, things like that. And they also, um, it's also a good place to like start getting involved in um, finding tournaments, local leagues, you know, just really getting yourself immersed in the sport. And then you can really see, do I want to cross that financial burden that, that obstacle of buying my first bowling ball and my own shoes in a bag, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would check out PBA's channel and then, you know, your recommenders are going to show you so many other different channels. There's actual bowlers that have their own channels, people that own pro shops that know so much about the science of bowling. And maybe that's a little more in-depth than most people are interested in. It's more in-depth than I'm interested in. I'm just like, hey, look, just make it do this. All right, I'll be back. <laughs> but um, you can also go on on the USBC website, which is the um, United States Bowling Congress, which is they're the governing body for the PBA. And they make all the rules, the regulation. They say what kind of ball you're allowed to have, what you're not allowed to have, um, stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of information out there. You, YouTube has probably the best information because the, the visual aspect is, um, is invaluable. You know, getting the camera zoomed in, the slow motion to show like the different things that is done like with people's hands, with their feet, how it changes the shot. I love YouTube to um, learn about bowling. It's taught me so much. Perfect. I'll put that information below. Just say YouTube, Google, those are your go-to for <laughs> anything. And you're absolutely right. Like I learned how to podcast on YouTube and Google and I've learned how to walk on. No, I'm kidding. I didn't learn how to walk on <laughs> YouTube and Google. That'd be the weirdest thing. Okay. How to walk one foot in front of the <laughs> other. Oh, I've been going side to side. <laughs> wait, wait you can type but you can't walk like walk with the 2020 yeah that's exactly <laughs> it oh so now for the last question do you have any questions for me about bowling how interested i like i'm always curious about this um how interesting is bowling for casual people like even to just like to watch like if you saw if you were flipping through your tv and saw like professional bowling like would you would you stop and watch um for me i don't tend to watch many sports on tv i like to do them firsthand i love the physics aspect of it like how to curve because i play uh, football or soccer and i love how the ball curves to try the calculation pool i love pool for the same reason and bowling i love playing doing bowling or being i was gonna say being a bowler i'm not a bowler being a uh, bowler wannabe. Yeah, that's the better thing. A uh, bowler wannabe. Yeah, bowler wannabe. Just like the physics. Just go bowling. enjoy bowling. Yeah, you know, like sometimes I like to try different moves. Like, all right, well, what will work this time? But you're right. If I wanted to get it to work 100% of the time, I have to keep doing the same move. Maybe it's going to be the granny throw. Maybe that's, that'll be my move. <laughs> the granny throw. That's what my nephew's graduating to because he used to have to use the little toy, uh, like the little plastic ramp to push the ball down. <laughs> and he wanted to throw it like me because he would see me throw the ball. And then he's like, oh, I tried it. I'm like, ah, you're three years old. Let's let's calm down. <laughs> you got time. <laughs> I'm a pro. I'm a pro now. I've once actually hit the ceiling, which. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I think it hit the TV, which it didn't break, so I was lucky. But uh, yeah, I think I forgot to let go, which I would imagine is a good thing for bowling. You have to learn how to let go. You can't hold it on forever. 
I've actually seen the ball get stuck on people's hands no matter how hard they try to let go. Oh, no. And that, it actually kind of hurts when it, like, yanks your hand. But, like, I've seen some terrible things happen uh, from that. So, uh, I feel for you. So you probably saw people go flying in the laneway. I haven't seen that, thank God. <laughs> I think the worst thing I saw, and this happened to be later after I was making fun of Charlie for this, I've seen him hit his ankle while he was going to throw the shot. And it it's just like, you know, as, as you're swinging the ball, that's basically when your weight is all on your one foot. And so it took him out. He went down. His ball was in the gutter, like not even two feet down the lane. <laughs> and because the rolling bowling is, if you let it go, it counts as a shot. So that registered as a whole gutter ball for him. Oh, I was no. like, God. I was like, and it hurts. Like, you're going to be limping for the rest of that game. Like, it, it'll go away pretty quick. Like, unless you, like did like unless you damaged bone but like that that bruise is going to be there the next day and then i went and did the same thing to myself like months later i was like <laughs> god doesn't like ugly it's like karma you know it strikes back i'm like oh hello karma there you are oh hello ankle there you are <laughs> there you go because i almost took it out oh. so uh yeah there you have it another body with a hobby Thank you so much, Deshaun, for just coming on here and just sharing your love for bowling and telling me your wonderful stories, your funny stories, and how I should not be bowling because I feel like I would hurt myself for sure. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. It's always fun to talk about something I enjoy this much. And if you guys want to learn more about bowling, you can go check out YouTube and Google. It is an unlimited, I can't even say that word, unlimited source of resources and information. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you can leave a review. Reviews are always good. Well, you can, you can leave a bad review, but I mean like receiving reviews are always good. And if you like the podcast some more and want to show some more support, I sell merchandise on Redbubble and I also have a Patreon if you're interested. All those links will be down below so you can click that and go check that out. So once again, thank you so much, Deshaun. Thank you. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>